Every podcaster wants their podcast to be a success. In this episode of Podcastification, I'm going to tell you how to do that by putting your listeners first. My name is Carrie Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Hey, welcome back to Podcastification. My name is Kerry Green. I'm the client happiness guy and founder at podcastfasttrack.com. In this episode, I wanted to dive into some of the things that I've discovered in working with clients over the years about what makes a show really, really successful, whether that means in terms of the resources you provide to your listeners or even monetization strategies. And I know most people are interested in that. So we're going to dive into a couple of things here that will help you make your podcast all about your listeners. And that really is the key. You need to be keeping in mind who it is you serve. Because those people that you serve, whether it's through the great content that you provide or resources that are somehow connected to your podcast, or maybe it's even products that you create that you use your podcast to sell, All of those things have to be done in a way that keep your listeners in mind because they are the ones you're serving. And in order to serve them best, you need to know them. You need to understand their needs and understand their pain points so that you can most effectively serve them. And so what I want to do in this episode is I have a handful of things here. Let's see, there's one, two, three, four of them that I want to talk to you about that have to do with what it means to put your listeners first. Or maybe a better way to say that is how to best put your listeners first. Now, let's just dive right into the first one. And this one has to do with what is known in marketing or sales jargon as your USP. USP stands for Unique Selling Proposition. It's the idea of what is it about the thing you're selling, in this case, your podcast, that makes it unique that makes it stand out or differentiated from the competition that's out there. Now, we may need to stop for a moment and say, well, who is your competition when it comes to your podcast? Well, in one sense, it's anybody else who has a podcast because people only have so much time and they're going to choose the shows that matter the most to them. So in that sense, you've got to be creating great content and content that is not only fun to listen to, but produced well and is handled well in terms of the way you present things. But you need to be asking yourself, why would my listeners listen to my show instead of my competitor's show? So say you do a show about dog training and your closest competitor does a podcast about dog training as well. 
why would a listener choose you over them? That's really the question that you need to answer. And this may take a lot of work. This is really dialing in your focus. What is it you're going to offer that nobody else can? What is it you're going to offer that is able to be done better than anybody else can do it? It's a lot harder than you might think to come up with this because most of the things that most companies or podcasts for that matter offer to their audience can be done by others. They can be done equally as well by others in most cases. So in order to have something unique that sets you apart, you're going to have to do the hard work of digging through what's really going on in your motivation to put out the podcast that you're putting out. You got to find out why am I doing this? What is my passion about this? What do I bring to this podcast that my competition does not bring? And as you work that through, you're going to discover there are some things about your passion or your orientation or your perspective that are very unique to you. And those are the things that you need to really get in touch with because they are going to enable you to do four or five very powerful things when it comes to your podcast. And here is a list of the things that I've thought through. And I'm going to give you a brief explanation of each one of them. When you have your USP clear, it's going to enable you to craft content that amplifies that particular unique selling proposition. So in other words, you're going to put your content together in a way that makes your differentiation, the thing that makes you unique, very, very clear to your audience. So the people who are looking for that exact thing are going to be attracted to your show more than your competition show because you're speaking to something that they resonate with. Does that make sense? Now, another thing this unique selling proposition is going to do for you is it's going to make a promise to your audience that you can then intentionally deliver on. You know, we always want to be people who over deliver on what we say we will provide. That's what makes a good company. That's what makes a good service provider is somebody who promises one thing and delivers that plus more. And when you think through your unique selling proposition, the thing that makes you unique, you are going to be making a promise to your listeners. And the beauty is because you've taken the time to think it through and to work it through, you will be able to deliver on that promise in spades, unlike your competition, because they, I guarantee you, have not put the time in to think through a unique selling proposition like you have. You're going to see great benefit from doing that. Now, here's another benefit to having a very clear, unique selling proposition. It's going to help you clarify whether or not certain products you want to create or courses or helpful things to your audience or potential sponsor partnerships that you're considering or other opportunities are a good fit for you. When you understand clearly what makes you unique, you'll be able to see, does this product idea I have fit with? who I am as a podcaster and what it is I'm bringing to my audience. Does this sponsor opportunity fit with the kind of podcast I do and the things I'm trying to provide to my audience? Does this, maybe it's a joint venture opportunity, fit well with this unique way that I'm coming about my topic? You see what I'm getting at? You will have to be picky. You will have to be discerning 
and, and be very discriminating in what it is that you align yourself with. But that unique selling proposition will enable you to find exactly the things that are a good fit for you. And those will be the kind of alignments and partnerships that are most profitable, both for you and for the person on the other end, whether it's a product supplier or a sponsor or whatever. That unique selling proposition is huge. And keep in mind, this is about putting your listeners first because your unique selling proposition is only for people who are interested in it. That is the thing that's going to draw them. Now, there's one other thing about this unique selling proposition, this USP, that I want to highlight here. It's going to enable you as a podcaster not to become a people pleaser, but instead it'll help you to stay on target. Now, the reason I thought it was important to bring this up is because you're going to offend people at some point. If you take a stand that you're standing for some specific thing, some specific position, you're approaching your podcast in a certain way, there are going to be people who don't like what you're doing. It's just going to happen. It's the nature of how we are as human beings. But when you are clear on that USP, and you are clear maybe more importantly on why that USP is the thing that you're aiming at, you're going to be able to stick to your guns. And those people who disagree with you or even pose themselves as your opposition are going to be easily cast aside in your consideration because you know what you're about and you know the target that you're aiming for. So all of that is to say, you need a unique selling proposition. You need to know what makes your podcast and the efforts you're doing to help your audience unique and distinct from everything else that's going on. That is the number one way you can put your listeners first. Now let's move on to the second thing that I have in mind here. And that is, in order to put your listeners first, I believe from all that I've seen in dealing with a handful of clients and various people throughout the podcasting industry, I believe that your show needs to have a particular sense of relevance and a practical nature to it in order to put your listeners first. What do I mean by that? Well, I think your show needs to stand out through providing clear application-based content. I have one client who's always saying, take action. You know, it's one of his mantras that he says all the time. And it's because he's trying to truly help his listeners be people who not just hear what they should do and learn and learn and learn, but finally put it into practice. And the more your podcast is oriented around application and getting clear results for your listeners, the more you're going to stand out. You're going to be the show that people think of as the show that helps them get things done when it comes to the topics that you speak on. So keep that in mind. Stand out through clear application-based content. And that's going to be particularly helpful in terms of your relevance to your listening audience. That also is going to enable you to build a loyal following because you're truly being helpful to them. You know, the people that I think of fondly when I think of podcasters, and that may sound kind of funny that I think of podcasters in a fond way, but it's because there are certain podcasters I listened to a lot when I first was getting into online business and entrepreneurial things. And the ones that I think of fondly are the ones who provided incredible value to me. And you hear that phrase a lot, you know, give value, provide value. And it's there for a reason. You hear it a lot for a reason. It's because it's so true. 
you will build a loyal following, a crazy, rabidly loyal following. If you just focus on being helpful to your listeners, put your listeners first, find out how to help them, find out how to be the asset to them that they're looking for, and you will build a loyal following like no other. Another way that you can be relevant or practical in your episodes is to include a call to action based on the content of each episode. I believe it's powerful to include a call to action in every episode. And a call to action is basically something you're asking your listeners to do. And in a podcast where you're focusing on your listeners first, that action should be something aimed at helping them take the next step from where they are based on the content you just shared. So think that through. Might that be an action sheet that you would provide through a lead magnet opt-in form that offers them a checklist or a step-by-step guide to fulfilling their desires in the area that you spoke on in that episode? You get the point? There are all kinds of ways as a podcaster, you can become that valuable resource to them. And if you do that lead magnet sort of opt-in, you can combine that with something like click funnels or lead pages or convert kit. And you can actually build your email list at the same time. And you may say, well, that's not so much about your listeners. That's just a greedy thing, wanting to build your email list. Well, no, it's not. Because as you build an email list of people who are already interested in the things you have to offer, you can more easily reach out to them to offer them resources that you build or you create that you know are going to help them in the future. You see, that email list is not so much about marketing and sales as it is helping people, which really is what marketing and sales should be about anyway. And one other thing I want to say about this point of relevance and practicality, I would encourage you as a podcaster to rethink the helpfulness of doing interviews on your show. Now, I know I'm tiptoeing into some potentially dicey area here, but hear me out. I think the easy way into podcasting and the way that most people do and stick with over the long haul, simply because it is easier, is to just do interviews with people who have accomplished something or names in their particular field. And there's nothing wrong with doing interviews. I still get a lot out of the various interviews that I choose to listen to, but I don't choose to listen to many interviews anymore. Why? Well, it's because it's the same old, same old thing. I've heard about that person that they're interviewing time and time and time before. You see, interviews, in my view, are starting to become kind of stale. And it's not necessarily always relevant to me as a listener. It's not always something very practical that I can take and apply to my business right away. The more helpful the content is that you provide, the more you're going to build that loyal following that I talked about before. And in my view, the standard way that people do interviews is not that helpful kind of content that you need to be producing in order to build that loyal following. So if you're dead set on doing interviews or you feel like interviews are still a valuable part of your content that you add to your podcast lineup, then I would encourage you to rethink how you do them. Are there ways you can do interviews that are more helpful to your listeners? Are there certain questions you can ask your guests that will help to mine the practical nature of what it is you want them to share so that your audience can actually benefit more from that person's expertise and experience. 
You see what I'm getting at? You want your podcast to be incredibly, incredibly relevant. Now, when we come back from the break, I am going to go into two more things that I think are vital to putting your listeners first, and they are ease of use and that wonderful thing everybody wants to talk about, monetization. Don't go away. You know, it is kind of funny in 99 episodes of podcastification that I have never done an episode about media hosts. You know what a media host is, right? It's the place you upload your audio file to that then gets fed to Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all of the directories. It's kind of funny and in a way sad that I've never done an episode on media hosts because a media host is a vital part of your podcasting strategy because a good media host can provide you with tools, with education, with resources, with questions and answers that you didn't even know you had as you go along your podcasting journey. The reason I bring this up is because I have recently established a partnership of sorts. It's kind of an affiliate relationship with Libsyn, Liberated Syndication. They are the top dog media host in the podcasting industry, in my opinion. And the reason I have finally partnered up with Libsyn is because, first of all, They have a long and kind of tedious process to get through in order to become an affiliate with them. They don't just take anybody, but also because I just kind of wanted to check out all these different media host options. And I finally landed on Libsyn. If you are looking for a professional media host that isn't going anywhere, you're looking for one that's going to stand the test of time and not close their doors on you. And if you're looking for one that will not let you down in terms of their functionality and the things that they provide to you so that you can be successful with your podcast, I would encourage you to check out Libsyn. It's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. And if you use the promo code PFT for Podcast Fast Track, you could get up to a month and a half off or free, whichever way you want to look at it. It's Libsyn, Liberated Syndication. These guys do it right. Listeners first. Man, that is what I think is the most important thing that needs to be in our mind as podcasters as we are thinking through how we're going to produce the content that we produce episode by episode. One of the areas that I think we really need to think this through is in terms of what I would call ease of use. We need to make our podcast episodes and the resources that accompany them easy for our listeners to use. We don't want to put any barriers in the way. Let me give you an example that in my mind is a very simple one that illustrates the point. And that is whether or not you're going to produce your show, your final version with mono files or stereo files. Now, stereo sounds all fancy. We all kind of grew up in the day of FM radio and the stereo was just so cool. We loved that. But in podcasting, stereo files are not always the best thing. Number one, they take up more space because they're larger files. So your media host, whether that's Libsyn or Blueberry or whoever, is going to charge you more for having more audio on their servers. But you also may be causing trouble for your listener, which is really what this episode is about. You see, a stereo file is going to take longer to download. It's going to take up more space on the user's device, whatever device that is. And therefore, in my view, it's not the best experience for the listener. 
A thing about mono files that I love is because it's not split into two channels, a right channel and a left channel. And so therefore, you don't have issues if a listener by chance is listening with just one earbud in so they can hear what's going on around them with the other ear. They're not losing any of the content that way or any of the experience because that mono file is going to be equally present in both earbuds or both earphones, whatever the case may be. And that's just an example of what I believe illustrates this issue of ease of use. And I have some ideas of ways that we as podcasters should be thinking, or perhaps these are things we should be thinking about when it comes to ease of use. The first is when you mention resources, and especially your own resources that you are providing to your listeners, man, take that extra step to create what's called a short link. And not just any short link, create a short link that's easy for your listeners to remember so they don't have to tax their brain trying to remember this big, long, convoluted link that they heard on your podcast episode. Make it simple, especially when you're saying something about your show notes and you want people to go to your website as perhaps part of your call to action. For example, this episode is episode 99 of Podcastification. So I will say you can find the show notes for this episode at podcastfasttrack.com slash 99. Now, how do you create a short link like that? Well, there is a free plugin out there for websites, uh, WordPress websites in particular, called Pretty Link. Isn't that a nice name? Pretty Link. And it really is. It's a pretty link. It doesn't have all the garbage characters in there that you would have a hard time repeating. You can make it as simple and easy as you want, like the 99 I put at the end of my podcast fast track website for this particular set of show notes. It's just an example of making it easier for your listener. We're talking about ease of use. And that is putting your listeners first in a way that honestly, a lot of podcasters don't think about. You know, I hear people say all the time, go to the show notes for this episode or go to our website and search for this episode. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Put your listeners first. Make it easy for them. Or now that we're talking about show notes, remember also that if you place your show notes or a description into your media host account, wherever your podcast feed is coming from, those notes can then go into the podcast players that people are using, the mobile devices. So you can refer, like I often do, to the ability the listener has to just swipe to the description area of this episode and find the link right there for the resources you're mentioning. So don't forget short links and don't forget to make this ease of use thing happen for the people who are listening to your show. One thing I just mentioned there was links in an episode description. I mean, you can always provide links to the resources you mentioned, whether it's a service like Libsyn, you heard me talk about just a little earlier, or Blueberry or whatever it is. You can find those links typically in the show notes and in the descriptions on the mobile device players. That enables someone who is on the treadmill to jump off real quick, find that resource and bookmark it so they can find it easily later. So they don't have to come hunting back through your podcast audio to find that resource. You see, it's pretty easy to do. Or if they know the links are there in the episode description anyway, they can just save that episode and come back to it later and swipe to the description then and get the information that they need. You see, it's thinking of your listener first so that you can make it easy for them to both consume and use the content that you're making. I would also suggest that in your show notes, you put your contact info for yourself personally near the top of the show notes page. Make it easy for them to find you. 
so that they don't have to spend a lot of time hunting and scrolling and trying to find your website. They can just go to any set of show notes or description on a podcast player and find your contact info and get in touch with you right away. That brings me to my last point under this idea of ease of use. Man, make it easy for your listeners to contact you. And this is going beyond just the description in your podcast. This is even on your website I'm talking about. Don't make me go to Twitter to get in contact with you. I mean, for goodness sake, you're wanting to connect with your listeners, right? So why wouldn't you include at least a web form that can kind of filter you from all the spam, but at the same time, allow your listeners to contact you directly? Why wouldn't you want to do that? And you say, well, I get so much email. I can't have everybody contact. Fine. Have it go to your VA. Have it go to your assistant. Have it go to somebody, but make it a real person that someone can contact. Don't make me go to Twitter or LinkedIn to connect with you because nine times out of 10, your listeners will not do that. They come to your website contact page looking for a way to contact you. They don't want your social information typically. They want you. So give them a way to do that. And I guarantee you, making it easier for your listener in that way is going to enable you to build that know, like, and trust factor that we all need as content producers. Now, one last area that I want to talk about here is monetization. Monetization. Most people I know of who are doing a podcast have a goal of monetizing that thing eventually, meaning they want to make money from it in some way. Now, what I would have you consider is that when it comes to monetization, this is an area where you especially need to keep your listener in mind. Your listener is first. You have to think about them. And it's in an attitude of doing unto others as you would have them do to you. It's the golden rule. You have to know that I would not like to be marketed to or have products hawked to me in this certain way. So therefore, I'm not going to do that to my listeners. This will help you in so many ways. For example, you have a sponsor approach you and they have a product they want to advertise on your podcast, but it really is not very clearly related to the kind of listeners who listen to your podcast. My question to you is this, other than the potential for monetary gain and the flattery that you feel of being approached by a sponsor, why would you have that sponsor on your podcast? Why would you do that to your listeners? Make them listen to or be forced to skip through an advertisement that is entirely irrelevant to the things that you speak on. Doing unto others when it comes to your podcast audience means you are, in a sense, a shield of protection between them and irrelevant sponsors. You want to build up that trust factor and even say it to your audience that you will never have sponsors who you have not checked out and who you do not believe are going to be a value of them. You make that clear to your audience because you want to build up the trust between yourself and your audience. And I believe when you bring in a sponsor that has nothing to do with what you talk about, you are breaking trust with your audience. That's just my perspective from what I've seen in a number of client situations over the years. Another thing is that when you think about this monetization thing, why not ask your audience what they need? 
related to the things you talk about? Why not do a survey? Why not find out what it is your audience is looking for? And then listen, listen carefully, listen and ask more questions, get specifics on why they are saying they need the thing they need. And then once you've gathered all your data, create that resource for them. I believe this is one of the best ways to monetize a podcast is to find out what your listening audience really, truly needs and wants, and then create it for them. They would be so grateful. It's not going to be a hard sell at that point. They're going to be excited to have this thing to solve the problem that they've been experiencing for all that time. I hope that makes sense to you. This monetization thing also has to be approached from a listener's first perspective. So listeners first, man, I believe all the success in the world comes from considering your listeners first. Some of the most helpful podcasts out there are the ones who do exactly this. I'm sure I didn't cover all of the ideas and all the ways in which a podcaster can put their listeners first. So why don't you reach out to me and tell me the ways that you can think of to put listeners first. There's actually a voice mail recording thing in the links for this show notes episode, which you can find in your podcast player description or at podcastfasttrack.com slash 99. Let me know. How do you think podcasters can do a better job of putting their listeners first? Hey, that's all that we got for this episode of Podcastification. You know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.